F1 is back and the hope of change was dashed with uh, Verstappen taking another dominant pole. But six different teams in the top six has given Freestay a slightly different sizzle. So let's all look forward to that. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 320. And if you'd like to see or hear more from us in your social feed, then why not give us a follow? Um, we are at Grid Talk everywhere you can find the at symbol. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks. And today I am joined by the Formula Talk dynamic duo, which is Tom Downey. Hello. And Sophia Richmond. Hi. And just a quick word from today's sponsor as well. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news and scores. Guess all the latest odds, including uh, your latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as they have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right up to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favourite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head to betonline.ag today and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And today we're going to start with the debutante, Liam Lawson. He's going to get his own slot. And we're going to come to you, Tom, as uh, he only had an hour in a car before qualifying in uh, in a session that was that was constantly interrupted by red flags and uh, less than inclement weather. Are you impressed with the Kiwis performance today in very difficult circumstances? I am, yeah. And you know, people might look at it and go, oh, well, you know, he, he, was, he was P20 and blah, blah, blah. He jumped into that Alpha Tari, which is a bit of a dog. And yes, I know Yuki put it P5 on Saturday, but you know he'll also put it in the barrier sometime shortly. Um, you know he's, he's he's more consistent with that than he is in the points. And you know he jumped into a car at the drop of a hat in a very difficult, demanding circuit, which he I think uh, I was assisting to Sky for the last time, so I've just cancelled my Sky subscription because I refused for 110 pound a month. Um, you know, I've uh, I've uh, listened to the Sky commentary while watching it at my desk here, and I'm sure they said the last time you raced here was in 2020. And it's like you know, it's it's not one of the circuits that gets that gets done, you know, on pretty much every ring of the junior formula calendar. You know, so it's not here Spa, your Silverstone, your your Monza, etc. You know, where you know, where they get done in pretty you know like you know in you know, Formula Renault and F4, F3, F2, etc. So. To jump into that car and to be putting in respectable times, and your track evolution didn't help. Conditions really didn't help. And you know, yes, he's driven a couple of F1 cars before. I don't even think he drove that Alpha Tauri before today. And yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know, he he's had to jump into a wet uh, practice session, which is far from ideal. He's then had interrupted running, you know, uh, in 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 F three. Uh, sorry, in, in in Q1. So you know, he's he, on, on the face of it, people go, you know, oh, you know, oh, he's P20, he's last, all, all the rest of it. Nick the reason one any better. Um, you know, and, and this, you know, it was it's Nick's home race as well. Sorry, mate. Um, and and yeah, he, you know, it's just I, I think he's done a really respectable job. You know, it, you know, if people are going to make comparisons with you know, De Vries's, um debut last year in Monza, well, you can't do that because Monza has about four corners realistically, uh, and the rest of it is just flat out. And you know that Williams last year was better than what the Avatari is this year. So uh, you know, it's you know, it's just 
you know, I, I think he's done a really respectable job. We'll see how he gets on in the race. You know, I don't, you know, I don't foresee him perhaps having a good race on paper. I think if he finishes the race without any sort of major, you know, dings or dents or scrapes or anything, that'd be a good result for him. And I want him to do well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, definitely got a free pass uh, on, on this weekend. And uh, if if he was the same the same pace that Perez was off Verstappen, he'd have been in Q two. So uh, uh, he's uh, it's a solid solid performance really uh, from from that perspective. So he's uh, I think definitely a solid start for him in circumstances where you can basically just just write it off and wherever he gets he gets. But uh, you got the uh, Sophia. You have the task now of trying to find something to talk about with regards to Alfa Romeo as we have Valtteri Bottas. Did he get his lap time deleted right at the end? Because I thought he was sort of like 16th and then he seemed to drop to 19th out of nowhere maybe I imagine that and then Joe in P16 as well another difficult day for them but uh yeah not an awful lot to talk about yeah I mean both of them um on the radio afterwards I mean Joe was kind of close throughout like actually kind of contending into going into Q2 whereas Bottas was consistently just being down I think strategy was a big issue about when to change when to pit when not to pit and I think they were some of the few drivers that chose to do one stint of tires as well similar to how Red Bull did for theirs and McLaren did for theirs as well so I think they may have done the timing a little bit off but that's that was the case for a lot of these drivers in these teams where the timing just wasn't there or doing the cool laps or putting the wrong tires on or when to switch to the new tires. Um, but yeah, it was kind of surprising. I mean, I think Bottas was like, there's nothing I can really do. It was just something that was just going on. It was just an off day, which obviously does happen. Um, I mean, even looking at the free practices as well, they just weren't, they've just not really been kind of into a conversation. It's been con- consistently below, like even has been performing a little bit better than them this weekend and Williams, which we'll definitely get onto that <laughs> a bit later as well. Um, yeah, it's just very quiet for both of them. I am expecting points to be moved up. We don't know, obviously, with Leclerc, um, which we'll discuss later about Leclerc's, um, when he had to finish off in Q3, if that is a gearbox issue. If that is, then he would also have a penalty because he was on his fourth by the time qualifying started, and that's his last for the season uh, before he has to incur um, great penalties. There's also a lot of drivers ha- are having impeding talks as well. So I think you can even ha- you can even say that Joe might be able to move up a few places by the start that we go on Sunday. Bottas has been good at this track. He was kind of consistent um, over the years and everything from it, but I'm not expecting much from Alpha from this weekend coming, um, which is sad, but someone's got to be at the bottom and it looks like it's probably going to be Alpha for both of the drivers. Yeah, another unspectacular uh, day for, for Alfa Romeo there. And another unspectacular team, Tommy, is the Haas team, which Sophia mentioned before there. Magnussen 18, Hulkenberg 15, both drivers signed up for 2024, but... Is Steiner going to be suffering from uh, buyer's remorse after their their new front wings were completely destroyed in the practice sessions uh, before the start of this qualifying session? Uh, I think Gunther Steiner has basically got the opposite of post net clarity by this point because um, you know it, what, watching K Man go into the wall like that, it's like it, it was it, it was it's just embarrassing, man. You know, given there was such a fanfare about K Man's return. Last year, and you know, there was some effing Viking comeback or whatever. Yeah, well, then you went quicker on Bahrain, not a particularly difficult circuit. Um, it's, it's like you know, you could tell how annoyed Gunter was because you know, Gunter said that uh, K-Mang's only got someone like two front wings left. 
it's like you know if if he if he smashes one up tomorrow and you know you know we, we know that K-Mac has history of f smashing things at house anyway um you know if if he does a front wing tomorrow he's he's got one left for for the whole of the weekend uh and you know that's just you know it's just it does make you wonder like is is K-Mag as good as we really think you know because Hulkenberg seems to have shown him up. Hulkenberg is basically carrying that team. And given they've generally had pretty good one-lap pace at some circuits, maybe the conditions didn't help. But, you know, for a team that's had such good one-lap pace, they were shocking today. On the plus side, at least they can't fall much further back down the grid. There but, is yeah. that. Yeah, there is. There is that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the situation with the with the front wings, from what I heard from practice three, was that Hulk, they took three front wings with them. Hulkenberg smashed one in practice one. Magnussen smashed one in practice two, which means Magnussen doesn't have the new front wing because they've only got one left. So uh, yeah, it's not a not a great position. So that might actually explain part of the reason why Magnussen was so far off. But it's Haas. They're not going to bring a McLaren style upgrade, are they? We've we've seen they're not particularly great at upgrading anyway. So potentially keeping with the original formation might be a better thing for the Haas team but uh, moving on to Yuki Tsunoda another strong display for him I know it's only a P14 Sophia but that was is not a strong car he's on his third teammate of the year he's constantly having to to reassess who he's who he's fighting but a, a decent performance for him uh, yeah I mean he did well in free practices I mean it's where he's been consistent I think like in that kind of getting into just about getting into Q2 on the board line of Q2, Q3. I think that's kind of where he has, I think he did actually get a lot of time deleted. I know there was, I think two drivers from what I remember was in Q2 did have times deleted. So I think Yuki was one of them. And I think Stroll might've been one of them or one of the Astons um, only in Q2 though. There might've been a few other ones, but yeah, I mean that dynamic of that team, like, yeah, three drivers now coming in. And then obviously as well, like one well, Ricardo is hoping to come back to Singapore. I don't see, think so. I think he'll be fit, but not fit to race. I think he'll come in afterwards as well. And then you have Larson, as we just mentioned, did amazing, I think. Never raced in Zambord, doing well. I don't know how that is in the team dynamics as well. So like, does that mean that Yuki's the number one driver for Alpha Tori? And that's just, that's weird to say, given that he, he is not the best driver that Alpha Tori has had in, <laughs> in the seats. Um, I would even like to say like Daniel Carr is probably a lot better than Yuki. And we, we saw that in Spa, um, Spa Hungary, one of the races when he outperformed straight away. But yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting much from him. I'm expecting it to be as it is. We, if it's raining, I don't. I think he could improve if it's raining, but I think he's just going to do rookie mistakes, which is really bad to say, given that he is technically not a rookie anymore. But he's been making some really poor decisions in some of his racings. But I think, um, yeah, I, I think he'll probably not get to the points, but I think he'll probably be around that time unless he does something stupid, which could be inevitable. <laughs> Strong words. I wasn't expecting that, really. I I, I expected uh, for sort of a bit more praise for Yuki, to be honest. And uh, but but yeah, he's um, 
Uh, I, I personally think he's had a decent season. He's been probably the best driver in out of the four that have been in that car uh, so far, obviously. I mean, Lawson's unproven and, and Ricardo needs a bit more time. But uh, but differing opinions here. Uh, I know that's a bit of a shock for Gridtop. We're all so in line with each other. We never have differing opinions. But uh, I mean, there is... I say that and I literally have an Alvatore jumper on. I mean, it's a Ghastly one. <laughs> it's Ghastly though. But so. it's still Alvatore, but that shows my alliance more over Yuki. Yes. Let's see my alliance. Oh, what's that LNO4? There we go. Yes, fantastic. Right. So big shock up next then, Tom. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. Hamilton just snuck through Q1, but then timed his laps wrong for Q2. And P13, just uh, a tenth ahead of Yuki Tsunoda, which shows how good Yuki Tsunoda's doing. Oh, but Hamilton's the GOAT. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, yeah, he... Uh, he, he, he... He pushed too hard too soon, and he 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 did do a pretty good lap, you know. To 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 be fair to him, um, you know that those final runs in Q two, but on a track that's drying as much as that, everybody knows that it's you know the later you go, the quicker it will be, you know, provided there's no you know, yellow flags, red flags, or the rest of it. Um, oh, man, it's just you no, know, it's just you'd have thought that someone with Hamilton's experience and Hamilton's knowledge and his, you know, all the stuff he's achieved in F1, um, you would have thought that he would have known to maybe do an extra charge lap or the rest of it, because it's not just it's not just making sure that you've got enough battery, it's making sure that you've got enough tyre temp, you know, you know, and and make sure you don't burn out the tyres, make sure you've got enough grip and tread. And yes, yes, the circuit was drying. But sort of, I think it was around turn 10, turn 11, maybe turn 9. I, to be honest, I can't remember the exact turn or corner numbers at Sanford, Um, because I sort of just go a bit cross-eyed when, when I look at it, uh, to, trying to follow it. Um, there, you know, going to six was not an option for, for, for the Q2. So he knew he was staying on inters. I'm fairly certain he had boxed for new inters as well, because um, I'm almost convinced in my mind that I saw him coming out the pit. I could be making this up. He might have only used one set, but I'm sure he used two sets of inters. Um, there were only a couple of drivers who didn't. Norris being one, which we'll get on to. Um, but yeah, he, he uh, you know, someone with Hamilton's experience in conditions like this, you know, because you see it with British drivers, because we have such lovely weather here in the UK, you know, it's de- it definitely doesn't actually hammer down with rain in, in August, does it? Let me look outside. Oh, wait. It does, you know. So you know, so he's gonna be he's gonna be very well adverse at driving in conditions like this. You know, we've seen it from him time and time again that when Hamilton gets into these kind of conditions, he is you know, you know he is like one of the best around. You know, it's a sort of like Jensen Button effect, and Hamilton is just like he should have known that just take an extra charge lap and then do your push lap right at the end. It's um you know that you he's he's he, he should have known. He, he, he should have known better. And if the team was saying, you know, go now, then, you know, he, he, he should have said, no, you know, we go right to them because track evolution, that, that will be the best. And yeah, he, he shot himself in the foot, especially when his teammate was through. I think um, he, he was a bit of a, a victim in, of his own poor lap in, in the first place in that his first lap on the new Inters wasn't particularly strong. So then that left him, his only really op- option was either to put everything on one lap with the risk of a red flag, as we saw later on, very prevalent, um, or do two fast laps at the end. So um, so I think he's probably gone for the lowest risk 
but the uh, but the slightly smaller downturn in, in potential performance. So I think there it's probably a case of thinking the car was quicker than it was and he would still be able to get through with a slightly lower risk strategy. But uh, obviously it didn't pay off and uh, and that's a very difficult starting position from uh, for for the seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton moving on to uh, to Alpine then so P17 for Ocon Sofia and a 12 for Gasly disappointing no Q3 performance given that we had an Alpine and a Mercedes out in Q2 so um not particularly strong not particularly strong weekend again for Alpine or are you of a differing opinion to me again no, I mean, I agree. It's actually quite surprising. I think even the commentators on Sky were like, Alcon P7, like, that did not seem, because he was pushing a few times quite well, um, being on par with his teammate. And then all of a sudden, again, it was just finished P7. Um, I think he aborted the last stop as well. But that was quite a shock. And I don't know what's going on. Like, it seems like Alpine's slightly going a little downhill um, for how they've been performing. I don't know, maybe they're still shaking off the cobwebs of the summer break. <laughs> that could be the case. We see that in at least one team upon returning back from the summer break. And I guess it's probably Alpine. Um, I mean, with Gasly, uh, P12, I think that's a decent position. I would have preferred them, obviously, to get into have at least one of the drivers into Q3 because we have a, an array of different drivers and teams in Q3, and we'll discuss that uh later on but yeah i think also there wasn't that much coverage about alpine to begin with as well um most of the focus was on the williams a lot of focus was on the mclarens and everything so you didn't really see what was going on if there was any issues i think um gazi went off once as well um on a fast lap obviously again strategies are such a big thing for this uh qualifying and it actually like was prevailing how the need of proper strategies making the right calls also making sure that other people, other drivers don't do stupid mistakes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting much. I think I'll go and make a few points, m- maybe move up. Obviously, again, if there's any kind of penalties post-race that come through. Gasly, I think, will probably stay around the same way he is right now when it comes to Sunday's racing. But anything can really happen. Again, the weather could be unpredictable as it was today, or it could be completely sunny. Who knows? But yeah, not the best performance from Alpine. And I'm hoping that they pull it back together for Monza. Yeah, I couldn't believe that one. I heard that earlier. The, the only two uh two races, I think was it since there's been Baku was dry, completely dry, and then they and it was just the two um Middle Eastern Grand Prix at the start of the season. That's the only races we've had that have been completely dry for the whole weekend, which was a bit of a shock considering normally it's the other way around. Normally it's it's just <laughs> starts raining as they're on the podium. So but uh but no it's um yeah, Alpine just not really sure what's going on there. Still a, a team in a, a bit bit listless at the moment. But uh, moving on to another team, um, do we call these the the red Alpine or do we call Alpine the blue Ferrari? It's uh, another team that's, that's very uh, kind of a bit all over the place at the moment. And more today for the for the drivers. I think you've got Leclerc having a go at his team, saying make sure you get me in in the right place. That's your focus. Don't worry about performance and all that and uh science making plenty of mistakes and then leclerc putting it into the wall himself it's just not going right at the moment for ferrari is it tom all things considered that's quite a good weekend for ferrari because they're an absolute shambles honest to god a team that has been in f1 for so many years and keep you know gets basically the kardashian of f1 where they get paid to exist by the fia they get what 400 million dollars a year something like that just to exist you know, some yeah, it's it's something I can't remember the, the the exact figure, but they get you know some big payout. 
you know, that cost cap and all that, and they just produce an absolute beep show, I'm going to say it like that, um, of today, yet again. I genuinely feel sorry for Ferrari fans. One of my best mates, JR, um, you know, who, who you know, some people, you know, uh, Sophia, you, you, you know, JR, one of my best mates, diehard Ferrari fan. He's got past the point of pain and he just laughs. That's how bad it is for Ferrari fans. They've got both cars into Q3, yes, but then Signs, you know, tried to assassinate Piastri coming out the pits, and then Leclerc said, "Oh, I'm bored," and then put it in the wall. So it's you know it's it's just it's just what on earth are they doing? You know, I, I know Fred Vasseur is coming to study the ship, and his influence isn't going to isn't really going to take flight until next year. But they just need to rip everything out from the sort of ground up. They can't even do so. They can't even do announcements properly. It's like do you remember when they put up that? That post about a month ago saying that uh, was it Laurent Mackis was was leaving or whoever it was was leaving. They put up a post on the social media. A you couldn't read the thing because the background was so bright and then the text was text was white. Then they put the wrong date and they put the wrong year on it and then they had to do a dirty delete and put it up again. If you can't post that correctly, how on earth are you going to build an F one car properly? It's like you know, you know, yes, Leclerc had pole in Baku, but. He got mugged off the side. They are nowhere near the top. They are fifth best on the grid. At a push. You know, and, and, if, and you know, if the Alpine engines didn't go on strike every other weekend, they'd probably be sixth. They they had a better chance in 2020 of winning the championship than they do this year. And it's an absolute joke. Uh okay. <laughs> strong, strong ones. <laughs> nice, nice rant there. Uh, I I'm not quite quite as um down on Ferrari. I think uh it's still not been great, but uh yeah, it not quite as uh, as bad as uh, Tom's rant there. It just reminds me that what was it the the uh the, the slogan they came up with where it said um um uh, never give up Ferrari or something and in a way it was worded it said never Ferrari give up or something. It's just it's just something just reminds me of that all over but um yeah uh diff- difficult difficult day hopefully move forward in a race for them but uh you you, you wouldn't put any money on it surely but we're moving on to, to aston martin then sophia so we've got uh stroll went out in q2 um but alonso up there in fifth was up in third until right at the end are they back in podium contention with well one car at least yeah, I think definitely one car. Um, I mean, Stroll did have a lot of time to lead it in um, Q2, I think, as well, but then was able to push for that lap. He was very close to Lar- uh, Logan Sargent as well. It was, what, a 120.121 for Stroll, and it was a 120.06 for Logan Sargent. So very, very close as well. Um, can't believe I said that to get, for going into Q3. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think um, Alonso has good contention for podium. Do I think it's going to be a win? No, um, I think it's been like four thousand three hundred something days since his last win. It was it was announced on um on Sky, and I think it was uh, Sean Kelly's uh, stat that probably did it for it um for the commentators. But I don't think he's gonna win. I think he will maybe get a race win at some point this season, but it's definitely not gonna be Zandvoort. Um, he's good at overtaking. He's good at defending. I think he's going to overtake um, Alex Albon quite quickly, and I think George as well. So I, I do see Alonso very much 
in a podium contention. I think Stroll can get up into the points because I can just see Logan Sargent just plummeting down. Um, obviously, as well, if Charlotte Kirk has any penalties as well for Sunday, obviously that will probably move Stroll up into starting P10. So, um, yeah, I think Sergeant, uh, Sergeant, I think Stroll will probably get like maybe the last couple points of it, but I think it definitely will be an Aston double points for tomorrow's race. Yeah, as uh, I, I think Alonso definitely looking like he's like he seems to be back anyway. It's uh, it's good to see him back up there fighting again, and uh, I think he'd be quite disappointed that Charles Leclerc stole his deck chair. Though he got that shipped in especially from Sao Paulo. Uh, it was so, so funny because they literally panned it to him, and he like looked over and definitely knew like that's going to yeah, be on. That was intended. <laughs> that was intended. Uh, Ferrari like vibing was it uh, 2018 mclaren vibes there right uh moving on to uh to williams then tom and this is this is a good news story for once and sergeant we were all so happy for him getting into q3 and then when uh when william when he put it like uh i think it was it the williams were p1 and p2 at the start of the session and i and i said red flag it now and unfortunately they did uh and it was sergeant in the wall so uh but a p4 for alex an amazing performance from him in the williams yeah, um, I did think at one point that Albon was going to be right in the fight for pole. Ultimately, as 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 the track dried, that didn't happen, and bit cussing for him. Um, but yeah, what's a what a like resurgence? What a comeback for Williams? You know, we we talked about you know like how good you know the McLaren comeback has been, the Williams comeback, and to have both drivers into Q three on merit. It's like I cheered so hard when Logan put it P uh, put it P ten at the end of Q two. I am genuinely happy for him. He really needed that, and whatever he has done in the uh, in, in the summer break, it's worked because he's come to Zandvoort, a difficult circuit, like we keep saying, and he's done really really well to get into Q three. His crash. It could have happened to anyone, to be fair, because the track was drying. Yes, there was a dry line. Um, and you know we saw drivers going off left, right, and center. Ultimately, it is a learning curve for him. He is still a rookie. He's still his first year in F1, and the step from F2 to F1 is quite something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's got a teammate who is you know who is a very very good benchmark in F1. You know Albon. He's proved himself to to become a known quantity. So. Yeah, Albon's done a really, really good job in in that car. You know, you know, tops definitely Q one. Did he top Q two as well? Or was that Norris? I can't remember. Um, he, he did did top Q two. Thank you. Uh, I, I thought so. I wasn't hundred um, percent. It's like, it, Sergeant. You know, I don't want the crash to sort of like overshadow what he's achieved this weekend. Because he has done so well as a rookie, because he's not had the easiest of starts to the year. Um, you know, he's done so well to get that car into Q3. And you know, just talking about Albon, it's amazing what you know. You know, um, you know, it's, it's amazing what some drivers who don't have that kind of Red Bull pressure can achieve. Because people will either crack under pressure or they will flourish. You know, it's it's a whole sink or swim um, approach. And Albon. I'd say Albon ultimately sunk at Red Bull because does we call it you know as we say all the time pressure cooker. He's gone to Williams. The team is forming around him. 
James Valls has come in, doing a great job as team principal, you know, leading the car, you know, uh, you know lead, leading uh, car development, I should say. Um, we know that the Williams isn't going to be strong everywhere. I didn't think they'd be strong this weekend because, you know, I thought they'd be strong next weekend if you look at, you know, the likes of Hungary and all the rest of it. They haven't done particularly well on that kind of stuff. But I stand corrected, and I am happy to stand corrected because Albon is doing a stellar job. Logan Sargent has done a really good job this weekend. I hope Williams continue this momentum, and I hope that we see even more of it into next season. Well done, Williams. That's the most positive. In a session where you've got uh, one driver crashing out, that's an incredibly positive uh, uh, session there for Williams. Uh, I, I'm very happy to see them up there as well. Uh, but another team I am even more happy to have where they are. Oh, McLaren, you were you flirted with us. You flirted with us. McLaren won two. And then when Verstappen set his first lap and it was only P3, all three people in the house I was in all simultaneously went, ooh. So that was uh, our, our our commentary. We were just like, oh, come on, McLaren, they can do it. Uh, again, calling for red flags on that last bit. But then Verstappen, yeah, does it, does it again. But um, looked so good and then potentially looked like it was going to be a two and a three. My wife was saying, oh, it's two, three, still pretty good, though. Alas, uh, P2 and P8. But um, are McLaren back, Sophia, or is it just Lando's brilliance? God, I hope so. I mean, to be fair, Piastri actually going purple sectors as well a few times in Q2 and Q3. He was absolutely running with that car. I mean, and then obviously Lando, the one last lap going fastest in, in sector one and then going yellow into sector two and then obviously made green for sector three. And he even said postway saying like, I think he said he peaked too quickly for it and has to like learn how to balance it a bit more. But like, as soon as I saw that purple sector, I was like, oh my God, Lando's on pole, Lando's on pole. Like, I just want that because obviously we've been seeing the Red Bull dominance and Max dominance. And again, it's home race and all of that. But like, I was ready for something to kind of change now. I was kind of like, we've just come back from the summer. I want big shakeups in <laughs> the racing. And I got disappointed straight away with this qualifying. I'm happy that McLaren is back. Um, I think they did the last bit of the upgrades for this race as well. So I think that's. I think they're at the 100% of the upgrades because before the break, they were, I think they're only at like 70% of the upgrades because they realized that they were doing really good and they didn't want to over push and then maybe trickle down again. So I think these upgrades have come out really well for them. I'm excited to see them back. I think that this is the second half of the season. They're going to make up all the points that they potentially have lost from that first half. I'm really hoping that Piastri, will, obviously he's qualified P8, I think that, again, it's a timing thing. He was doing so well, but it was just because other drivers timed theirs perfectly and their run, he just got knocked down to P8. I mean, obviously finishing above Logan and Charles, given that they didn't have a chance to run properly, but I'm I'm hoping that they can say it. I think, again, Norris signing P2, it might be that he finishes P2. I think there is going to be some scraps um, behind Max going on in the race at the first um, turn, but I feel very confident that I hope... I'm very confident for that McLaren will get a podium um, here. I think Piashi will be quite consistent. I think there will be some good overtaking from him as well because he just seemed to get back into this car very well, and especially given the crash that happened um, in free practice on yesterday to come from that into qualifying, obviously in really bad conditions. He's never raced at this track as well because in F2 only started racing it last season and he wasn't racing. So to go to this track, which is very demanding with all the banking 
and the corners and the fast pace, he's done so well, even in free practices as well. And McLaren topping FP2 as well with uh, Norris. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really happy. I think McLaren is very much back. And I think I said that at the beginning of the season that it was going to be a, one team is going to bring it back at the second of the season. I said, I think I said either Ferrari or McLaren. So I'm very happy. I got one of those teams, right? Cause Ferrari's just going backwards as usual on that kind of um, stance. But yeah, I think podium for Norris, I think po- uh, points for Piastri, I think maybe even top five for Piastri. I, I do think that is very much possible with how well he's been driving before the break and also for the last couple of days as well. Yeah, and we've also got to take into account there is likely to be inclement weather tomorrow as well, which could just throw a whole load of uh, a whole load of other variables in there. So before we talk about the inevitable, we've got one more driver to talk about, Tom, and that is George Russell. Puts the mark in the top three at least. Can you see him moving forwards tomorrow or would it be a, a, a rear guard action? He was my pick for pole in the preview episode, actually. Yeah, that one ran for you, didn't it? Um, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a decent result for Russell, and I think it's a result he kind of needed because he acknowledged himself that towards the tail end of the first half of the season, he was beginning to struggle a bit. You know, he was you know not not struggled. That's not 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 the right word, but you know, he was he, he was having a bit of a hard time, and you know, he was he, he wasn't having a particularly good uh, he wasn't having some some particularly good results. Uh, you know, he was um, he was getting getting pretty comprehensively beaten by his teammate. You know, one could argue. Um, yeah, you know it's it's a good result for him. Uh, he could make a move into turn one. You know, if you know if um, if Lando you know makes a move up 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 the inside of Max and then just puts Max offline because we've seen that you know Max perhaps isn't always the best off the line. You know, Lando beats him off the line in Silverstone, so we could see that, and George could then take advantage. You know, a bit like Piastri almost did in um, in Silverstone. And the difference is George is that much more aggressive. So so George, you know, you, you know he he, he will stick thy wheel you know and, and you know and uh yeah and, and and um uh not quite but uh not not quite what you just typed in in zoom chat but yes um you know you, you george george will absolutely you know um give it a go you know he, he he's not gonna take any prisoners you know and, and he he will race hard and you know he, he will he will he will push the limits and some, sometimes go beyond and not just track limits um, you know, so you know, we we could see, you know, we could see him up to P two, or we could see him have have to break um, pretty early and then potentially lose out. You know, it's just he's. I would say P three. He should be just ahead of the sort of like P four to P nine, or like you know P five to P ten, P twelve kind of kind of like midfield melee, you know, where they all bunch up into into Q one. Um, yeah, is. Uh, you know, it's it, it, we do say it a bit, but you know, it's it's like you know, you just see what happens. His fate is in his own hands tomorrow. You know, if he makes a good start, great. If he fluffs up his start, well, you know, that's on him. I I I think he'll I I, th- I think he'll at least hold P three tomorrow. He tends to do time. well when he when he starts up front. He tends to yeah. stay up front. He's, he's he tends to struggle a little bit coming through the pack. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, he's pulled back the seven six now in Hamilton's favour in qualifying. Hamilton's still um, outdoing him quite comprehensively in in the races and in the point standings as well. But uh, he's had a bit of bad luck as well. He's definitely had the lion's share of the bad luck in that team this year. But we'll move on to the inevitable then, Sophia. We're talking about Red Bull and it's a dominant pole for Max Verstappen, but Perez one point three seconds back. P seven for. Perez surely he can't be happy with that I I mean 
even commentators are getting on. I think this is starting the his coffin, I think, for his season. Obviously, has been contract discussions and all that for Perez. Um, I, I feel like he's just not performing. And again, it's week after week. Like, this car is amazing. Max is doing amazing. Why isn't Perez P2? Why isn't he up there, even in the points as well? Because he's, like, I think P four in the standings p3 or something like that he's not behind max i don't believe no he's, he is p2 is he, is he, p2? he is p2 okay. but he's not not considering the dominant car it's he's 140 po- points or something like that it's yeah. like quite a big gap but still it's like you would expect him to be very close uh even finishing races well obviously red bull has won every single race but it's been mostly max that's won it he's going for his ninth consecutive win potentially this weekend like that is a great feat. That ties the record with Sebastian Vettel as well for his record for it. But Paris is just not there. And even in um, Q1 and Q2 as well, he just wasn't there. I think he was just scraping trying to get by. And then obviously with Q3 with the red flags um, coming out, obviously that did do some damper in his performance and having opportunities to run. Because I think he had no time set um, when the first red flag came out. And then when the second red flag came out, I think he was about to slowly start his first uh, first push lap. So because of that, like it's just bad timing. Yes, but at the same time, he's just not performing well. I, I don't, he's not the second like he was last season. That's, I mean, I... That's kind of where I see how it is. Um, I think he might make up the grid, but I don't see him in podium contention actually for tomorrow. And that could be technically my my bold prediction as well. Um, with Max, I mean, 0.6 seconds off. Great run, but we it's kind of expected now that he will take pole, he will win, he will have a really big margin as well. But, I mean, there was a few close calls where other teams were kind of getting involved for it. And the fact that there was, uh, what, six different... Yeah, six different teams in the top six. Like, that is a great feat. And the, all all six of them were even in contention, even a few other ones on the outside as well. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, Max, Max is doing Max things at his home Grand Prix. Paris just needs to actually pick up the pace and actually be a good second for the rest of the season. Otherwise, I I mean, I think his contract's still up for next season, but I, we all know that you can easily break contracts. And I think that is possible and I think there is better drivers that could also take Paris to seat as well um I think he they need to let new blood in I think they need to add more of the development drivers back into the grid now because Paris is just not performing it very well they got rid of Nick so quickly why can't why haven't they got rid of Paris as quickly potentially yeah and with that performance differential there um if if that's in the McLaren for example in the second fastest car at the moment then he's probably going out in Q1 maybe even Q2 if he's not in a dominant car then he's just nowhere but uh, we're going to move on to predictions then quickly and uh, Tom can I get your your podium prediction and a bold prediction from you uh, my podium ties into my bold prediction Lando Norris P1 um, oh god! I really want to say Piastri P two, but he's too far down. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh, I, I think um, Russell P two, Paris P three, and Max DNFs. Wow! I'm loving that podium. I am loving that podium. Um, and I, I don't have to buy that sombrero if that comes true either. Okay, Sophia, your predictions. <laughs> um, very interesting. Um, I think it will be Max. Um. 
P1, I think. Oh, let's go Alonzo P. Yeah, Alonzo P2, Norris P3. And my bold is Alex will finish in the top five. So either P4 or P5. Nice. I, I love both of those. I love both of those predictions, to be honest. So um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we, we'd love it if uh, if you could leave us a five star rating on Spotify uh, or an Apple podcast as well. Uh, any five star ratings will be uh, will be read out on our show as a thank you. And if you're one of those listeners who have not subscribed to the channel, why not subscribe now to ensure you never miss a show again? And don't forget to click the bell to know when we are live. We've got well over 2000 subscribers on YouTube now. So thank you for your support. And please consider sharing us with a friend. And don't forget to follow us on at Grid Talk UK on the socials as well. Now, Sophia, you're also from Everything F1, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Um, I cover pretty much similar to um, Formula Talk, which is covering Formula 2 and Formula 3. Um, but Everything F1, we cover everything kind of racing. Uh, you can find us on all social media handles at Join EF1. And then our website is www.everythingf1.com. We do also a weekly, two weekly podcast when it's race weekends um, that goes live on Tuesdays and Sundays. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, uh, Spotify, and everything else. As well, I will plug um, Formula Talk. So as mentioned, me and Tom uh, co-host Formula Talk, where we just uh, talk about F2, F3, F1 Academy, occasionally IndyCar as well when we have time in the season, um, and just discussing previews and race reviews of what's going on in the feeder series. And you can listen to us where you listen to Good Talk, um, as it is our sister show. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give that a shout. And Tom, has Sophia left you anything to talk about? Not really. Sorry. <laughs> I felt like a good seg- segue to it. <laughs> no worries. Well, there's lots of content to get involved with anyway. So let's uh, that's, that's just hope for a good race tomorrow and I hope you all enjoy that. But all our race shows do go out live straight after the event. So don't forget to catch us on YouTube tomorrow straight after the race. We're very soon after the qualifying today. So caveat, you know, some positions may change due to post qualifying penalties. So keep an eye on our socials for that. Uh, and we are available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Gusts. We also run a Patreon as well, so please consider donating to us to help us continue what we're doing as everything does go back on the show. We definitely don't go and buy biscuits with it. We will be back tomorrow for the uh, for our race uh, race review, so we look forward to seeing you all then. Goodbye for now. <laughs>